Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think we're all feeling the impact of the rising costs of living, whether it's increasing utility bills or that we're just finding it harder to put food on the table each day. At Fido Nido Food Bank in Digbus, volunteers are seeing just how much the cost of living crisis is affecting families, not just in terms of parents being able to feed their kids, but also the loneliness and fear instilled by simply not knowing what's going to happen next. Welcome back to Brummy Mummies. My name is Zoe Chamberlain. I'm a journalist, author and mum. I launched Brummy Mummies as a community for families to share with you stories from the most inspiring mums and dads to help you find out how they juggle family life and everything that comes with it. Today I'm joined by Rafa Ahmed, project manager at Fido Nido in Birmingham. She shares how families can make their food stretch further with lots of shopping and cooking tips. Plus, she says, no one should ever feel alone in what they're going through. Hi, Rafa. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Hi, thanks for having me. So tell me all about Fido Nido and what you do. Yeah, so Fido Nido is a non-profit charity organisation. Uh, we're a project of UK Cab. So our mission is to eradicate food poverty and hunger across the UK. And we do this through our nationwide food banks. So we had food banks based in Bradford, Manchester, London and Birmingham. Um, and our kind of purpose, like I said, is to eradicate food poverty. So we distribute uh, food parcels, hot meal packages, toiletries, um, any sort of basic necessities to vulnerable members of society or free of charge. That's brilliant. So how have people's needs changed over the past couple of years? Can you see the day to day impact the cost of living crisis is having on yeah. people? I'd say we've kind of experienced um a gradual increase in the number of service users um, who need our support since, I'd say, you know, the first wave of the pandemic. So, you know, two years ago, and that's actually the reason why we launched our branch in Bradford, because of such a huge need for uh, local food banks who, you know, remained open during the pandemic as we did. Um, And then obviously now, you know, with the cost of living uh, rising, we're seeing a lot of our service users who are already vulnerable, but now they're being placed in an even more vulnerable category. You know, a lot of them are having to choose between putting food on the table or, you know, paying for the electric bill. Um, a lot of them are coming to us with these, you know, similar sort of reservations. Um, a lot of them are worried and concerned for the future. A lot of them, you know, have children to feed as well. Um, so we're definitely seeing, you know, an impact on our service users. Um, a lot of them needing our services more than usual. So we have a lot of regular service users who are now 
coming in more than once a day for, you know, some of them not even for just a food parcel or a cup of coffee. A lot of them just want to use, you know, our space, like the shelter, the heating. Um, a lot of them will pick their children up after school and come to the, uh, our cafe where we're based, um, the main food distribution centre, and kind of just spend time there until they have to go home, you know, because a lot of them don't have that luxury at home. Gosh, yeah. And it's a, it's different people being affected now, isn't it? It's not people that are just perhaps on benefits or have traditionally needed a food bank. It's people that are perhaps working but are still struggling to put food on the table. Yeah, we've seen a rise in new service users. So people who may never have used a food bank before thought that they would need to. Um, but a lot of them are in employment but just not earning enough to make ends meet a lot of them who have been made redundant since the pandemic um, a lot of them you know because it's their first time using a food bank they have kind of like a stigma attached to it a lot of them are really reluctant but you know like I said we have an amazing team who you know more than welcoming to any new service users um, across all of our branches um, so we try and make it as easy and comfortable for people and we try to kind of remove that stigma as well because at the end of the day, if somebody needs our help or our support, we're there to give it. Um, and I think it's also made people realise that it doesn't really matter where you kind of get that support from or how as long as you get it. And like I said, we're here, you know, every weekday we work during bank holidays, Christmas period, um, Easter, because, you know, we can take a day off, we can take a holiday, but people still need food. They still need our services and our support. Could you share perhaps 10 tips on the best foods people can buy and how they can make them stretch the longest for their family? I just thought that would be really useful for our listeners. And you've got first-hand experience really of knowing which foods last the longest, which are the most cost-effective. Definitely non-perishable items, things that you can kind of keep in the pantry and have a longer shelf life. So for example, rice. Um, You know, rice pretty much goes with anything and it's something that you can keep in the pantry for even years without it ever going bad um another item would be pasta again very similar um it's also really versatile so you could make that stretch for the week you can you know make things like spag ball mac and cheese pasta bake you know stuffed pasta shells things like that um so it's about using kind of the same ingredient for different recipes um that's one good way of kind of making things stretch um again plain oatmeal that's something that we actually receive a lot of um, in our food pantry because, again, it's something that has a longer uh, shelf life. It's something that you can use every day for breakfast. You can, you know, have yogurt with it or fruits, honey, whatever, really. Um, also, with vegetables, I would suggest, because I've, you know, seen this firsthand, vegetables such as potatoes, peppers, cauliflower, things that won't go off as bad as, I don't know, tomatoes or onions. Um, and again, versatile, you can pretty much do anything with a potato, you know, jacket potato, mash, chips. Um, you know, same with cauliflower. It's a good, actually, substitute to your rice um, and other carbs, obviously a healthier option as well. Um, again, bread, any sort of bread to make, I don't know, toasty, sandwich, wrap, whatever. Um, and then another good, it's not really ingredient, but a good idea which we've kind of... Um, shared with our service users and, you know, it's been quite successful is to try and think about having breakfast for dinner or dinner for breakfast once a week. So whether that means having your, I don't know, leftovers from last night's dinner and using it as 
breakfast in the form of, I don't know, you can make hash browns from it. Um, you could have pancakes one day for dinner. I mean, it doesn't really matter, but that's a good way, especially if you've got young children. It's kind of like a fun new idea for them. Um, also rotisserie chicken. So instead of obviously meat, packaged meat is expensive. Um, but buying rotisserie chicken, you can use that again in anything, whether it's you know, with rice in a sandwich, soup, whatever, really. Again, it, um, it lasts usually one to two weeks before it's best before date. Um, and also if obviously you do have access to a garden, which, you know, not everyone does, but if you do, you know, it's a good idea to obviously grow your own fruit and veg. Um, that always helps. Another item, um, we found quite useful in our food bank for our service users are lentils. Um, and I'm talking about lentils in bags rather than tins. Because again, they have um, a longer shelf life. They're easier to buy, easier to um, kind of use as, again, a meat substitute, soups. Um, you can use dry lentils as well to make kind of like patties for burgers, maybe. Um, again, it's cheaper um, and obviously a healthy um, substitute as well. All these items are cheaper. Um, they are, you know, good sources of fiber and energy as well. And again, it's about making it kind of stretch for the week or for the month. So things like what I've mentioned, so the lentils, rice, pasta, rotisserie chicken, um, these are things that we've seen our service users kind of ask for because it's a lot easier than tinned items, which, you know, not everyone has a microwave or cooking facilities. Um, like I said, a lot of our service users have young children and, you know, big families to feed and these foods, so using the same ingredient for different recipes, that really makes a difference and obviously it stretches out. Uh, for the week so yeah that's really helpful and a lot of the foods that you've mentioned really fill you up well as well don't they like the they oatmeal do. and the rice because uh, a lot of them have that source of energy and fiber as well yes yeah that's really good so would you recommend batch cooking so maybe buying food and then cooking a big pot of it and perhaps freezing some yeah definitely sort of like meal preps and with these foods so like you know rice chicken um it doesn't really go off so if you kind of bulk buy and, you know, make something for, I don't know, make like a chicken soup or something and keep it for the week. I mean, I think that's a great idea. It definitely um, helps and it saves you a lot of time and hassle as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like to roast a chicken and then use it, you know, I can use it for probably three, three or four meals. Yeah. And again, you can, you know, you can put it in a pie or something. You can put it in a sandwich, a fajita wrap. You yes. can do anything. Yeah, you're like right. That. It's a lot cheaper than buying just chicken breast or or, yeah. or pre-packed. Yeah, definitely. Have you got any other money-saving tips, perhaps, on cooking and, and shopping yes. and preparing? Yeah, so um, obviously when it comes to shopping, it's obvious to kind of just look out for the cheaper deals and sale items with certain supermarkets that are known for having um, sort of cheaper deals. But in terms of cooking and prepping, I would definitely say, you know, book buy for the week, um, ahead of the week, much cheaper. And then to also batch cook so that sort of like a meal prep so that if you're cooking, I don't know, chicken and rice with vegetables, um, you can make that for the whole week for lunch, dinner. You can kind of, I don't know, again, use pasta, you know, have spag bol one day and then the next day you can kind of use that as leftovers. You could put anything in a pie, you know. So kind of just being creative, using your imagination, not letting anything go to waste. Um, and just kind of making the most of whatever you do have um, in your cupboards or in your fridges. Um, you can pretty much, you know, 
make anything with leftovers nowadays. Um, but I would definitely say the main point would be to book buy and kind of batch cook and prepare things ahead of time because it you know saves you a lot of time and hassle. And what about you've mentioned fruit and veg and growing your own but that can be one of the most expensive things can't it buying fruit and veg but we're always told that we're supposed to try and get our five a day what would Mm -hmm. be your tips on on that if you're struggling um to, to pay the bills yeah obviously fruit and veg um you know, it's getting more expensive, especially if you want, you know, a certain different, you can't, I mean, I understand it's easy to kind of make use of things like, you know, potatoes, onions, peppers, but things like, you know, tomatoes and sweet corn or broccoli things, they do go um, bad quite quickly. So you kind of have to use them within, you know, a couple of days. Um, and like you said, it's really important, you know, to get our five a day, that's what we're told to do. But I would say kind of using um, your everyday fruits and vegetables that you wouldn't think are good for you or you wouldn't think, you know, would, you know, kind of be tasty or kind of fill you up. So things like using berries. Um, and I would say kind of making use of our, you know, markets and outdoor kind of fruit and veg stores. I know not everyone has access to that, but if they do, obviously it's a lot cheaper um, to bulk buy as well. And using things like berries and kind of different fruits to make smoothies out of fresh juices, um, adding all the kind of fruit and veg you want um but that's definitely something that you can have for breakfast or kind of as a snack it would definitely fill you up and again it's a good source of kind of fiber and energy as well and it'll definitely keep you going throughout the day that's really helpful thank you so could you share some of the individual stories of people who've come into Fido Nido and what they've been going through obviously without identifying anybody we wouldn't want to do that but could you share some of the 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 experiences you've encountered yeah so we do have a lot of um, regular service users who you know we know very well by now they're in every day Um, but there are quite a few new service users like I said who um, are new to the food bank Um, and so there is you know a lot of examples to give but um i'll speak about one of our service users who's just been using our food bank for i'd say under a year now so she's a single mother of five um she comes in every day with her children after school um after she picks them up we know her very well now um so she was in you know full-time employment she was doing you know reasonably well and then i think with kind of the pandemic the recession hitting things got a lot more difficult um her children were now going into kind of different stages of a school so like nursery secondary school um so obviously a lot more you know expenses um so she was made redundant um and that's when she first started using our started using our food bank for our food parcels uh, but we also provide other services which um she kind of found useful. So again, um, we work with housing associations. We signpost our service users um, to kind of employment services, help them with CV writing skills, which is what we did um, with this lady. And she kind of started coming in every day. She was a very, very um, reluctant at first. Uh, she didn't even want to bring her children. She didn't even want to. So we give out our food parcels in kind of blue plastic bags Um with kind of our logo on there she didn't even want that to be known because of how kind of ashamed she was and how she felt at the time because you know she'd never had to use a food bank before or kind of reach out for help in that way but I think after kind of visiting us regularly and interacting with our staff but also engaging with other service users and kind of you know socializing and 
hearing other people's stories, I think that definitely made her more comfortable. Um, so yeah, like I said, she's a regular now. Um, she uses our food parcels. She brings her children in. And, you know, in our food distribution center in Birmingham, we have a lot of like games and things. So we have like a snooker table, foosball table, board games, a reading corner with books, which her children use. So it's sort of like a free after school club for her, really. But, um, she enjoys coming in, having, you know, a hot drink and a sandwich again, all free of charge, um, for our vulnerable service users. Um, and she's also started kind of obviously looking for new jobs and she is working kind of freelance now. And we helped her with, you know, CV writing skills. Um, and again, we work with different housing associations and we do regular workshops where they'll come down and kind of you know, speak to our service users, see if they need any support. Um, and she's found that really useful. So when she first kind of visited us, she was definitely struggling a lot, even mentally as well. She just wasn't in a situation that she thought she would be in, which is, you know, kind of understandable how she'd be feeling. But since then, you know, it's almost been a year now. She's really come a long way. She's really progressed, kind of more... um easy to kind of engage with, um, friendlier. And like I said, you know, she brings her five children every day um, after school and they've kind of, you know, um, kind of, you know, just engage with everyone. They kind of become part of our daily routine now as well. So, yeah. That's wonderful. It's so, so fantastic to hear how you've helped her to change her life yeah. around. I mean, it, it's difficult, isn't it, when you say about the stigma that's involved with it? Do you come across that a lot? Yeah, of course. Um, a lot of, like I said, these are all people, the people that we're talking about, the people who never would have imagined using a food bank. And so for them to kind of make that first step, asking for help, reaching out for help, I'm sure it's very difficult, you know, and there's a lot of pride attached to that. Um, there's a lot of stigma around, you know, food banks only being for people who you know, from a certain walk of life. But like I said, we experience and encounter people from all walks of life, um, whether it's people who have been made homeless and are rough sleepers, people who um, are survivors of domestic abuse, people with, you know, young children and big families, the elderly, people who, you know, are now coming out of um, jail or, you know, suffering from substance abuse. I mean, the whole kind of point of, food banks in general, but our food bank specifically, is to be sort of a support system for all vulnerable people. Anyone and everyone needs it, no matter their background, no matter their circumstance. So I can understand why it might be, you know, difficult for people to, you know, ask for help or use our services. But I think it's just a matter of kind of, you know, coming in, seeing what we do, seeing what we provide, who we provide it for, how we do it. Um, and I think through that, people feel a lot more comfortable to use our services. And I think that's all down to our friendly staff and the environment we create. It's a very dignified environment as well. Like I said, we have kind of games, a reading corner. Um, our Bradford branch is based in a community centre. So there's lots going on. It's not just kind of you know, restricted to one room with kind of food parcels and that's it. It's very nurturing, isn't it? It's the yeah. whole holistic side of it, which is so important, really. I mean, mm -hmm. what what goes through people's minds when they are in that situation where they're thinking, I, I, I don't know whether to put food on the table or pay my electricity bill. What, what kind of things have they said to you about how they feel in that moment? Yeah. So obviously, you know, recently with the rising cost of living, a lot of our service users 
are complaining about the same things. A lot of them have used this phrase where they have to choose between kind of heating and eating. Yes. So, um, you know, we do have a regular service user. He, you know, spoke to us recently about how he's now, so he's living in shared accommodation. Um, I think his housing rent has gone up to about 90 pounds, um, which is a stark difference from what he's used to paying. And he's now having to take kind of the light bulbs out of each room and only keep one just to save money. So there's enough for, um, him to pay the rest of the bills, buy food. And he said how, you know, he has one meal a day and it's, you can see how it's physically affecting him, um, but also mentally as well. He's very just kind of low in spirits, but he uses our cafe now for that hot drink, that sandwich, that food parcel on a Friday. Uh, so we give out food parcels every Friday um, so that he doesn't have to go home and kind of just live with the fact that, you know, he's only kept one light bulb on. He's got no food in the fridge. He's got no cooking facilities. Um, so, yeah, we do try to create kind of a warm, nurturing environment so that people can kind of use that as a distraction and feel a little bit lighter, you know? Yes, yes. So what have been some of the success stories that have come out of Fido Nido? Have you had people coming back afterwards and thanking you for how you've helped them? Yeah, of course. We have a lot of service users who don't actually require services anymore, but they just like kind of coming back and kind of sitting down, you know, and speaking to our staff members. But um, we did have someone who... Um, was in jail for, I think the majority of his life is in his late 40s now. Um, He came out and he was referred to us by a fellow service user, a friend of his. Um, And again, he was very reluctant um, to use a food bank because he'd never used a food bank before. But um, he started coming in more frequently. So it went from once a week to a couple of days a week, literally every single day. Um, And, you know, he spoke to us about not having, you know, because, you know, he was, was inside for the majority of his life. He kind of didn't really have a relationship with his daughters who are now, you know, grown adults. After coming out, he decided that he was going to, you know, make that next step to develop a relationship with his daughters, to also seek full-time employment. So again, we helped uh, signposting him to different employment services. He now does like freelance painting and um kind of house decorating, house painting. Um, and he uses our food bank as a good sort of networking environment as well. So if anyone kind of needs their house or the bedroom doing or the toilet doing or whatever, um, he's always there. Um, he slowly um, started progressing in that field and no longer needed our food parcels anymore. But now he comes back to sort of um, volunteer, which is always nice. So to see a service user go from somebody who kind of needed our support and who was in dire need of support to now helping other service users by volunteering. So he helps make the food parcels, distribute them. Um, he helps, you know, just kind of engaging with our service users. So it's always nice to see people kind of coming back and, you know, I think it's been a year now and his life really has turned around. Like I said, he's in, you know, employment. He's kind of doing what he loves, what he's passionate about. He's developed a good um, relationship with his family now. Gosh, what a wonderful success story. And do you find you have a lot of people come back and volunteer? Yeah, a lot of our service users love to volunteer. Um, I think it's their way of kind of giving back to us as a thank you, but also giving back to people who are in their situation or who were in similar situations to themselves. Um, so yeah, we always love to see that kind of side to them and them showing their gratitude, but also just helping out, you know? Yes. Yeah. And you started offering school uniforms as well now, haven't you? Tell me a bit, a bit about how that works. Yeah. So usually kind of 
ahead of winter, we start to distribute things like uh, sleeping bags and winter clothes like woolly scarves, gloves, hats. And now obviously school uniforms coming into the new academic year. A lot of our service users um, who have, you know, young children are having to choose between things like putting food on the table or paying for the heating, paying for the electricity. And a lot of them um, are kind of, you know, disregarding school uniforms, not that they want to, but because they feel like they have no choice. So we kind of um, made it a point to not only distribute, you know, winter clothes and sleeping bags like we usually do every winter, but now school uniforms so that, you know, children can have, you know, fresh new school uniforms that they actually fit into and not hand-me-downs or not, you know, clothes with rips or tears or whatever and things that they... um actually want to wear and they can like choose from a selection as well um so we've definitely seen a lot of service users thank us for that um it's definitely been very useful for them and it's one less thing to worry about you know and going on from that what would you say to people who are struggling with their mental health as a result of rising costs of living i think for a lot of people um you know it's not just our service we've seen you know people from all walks of like kind of struggling with this cost of living um rising but for our service users like I said they're already in a vulnerable position and this has made them even more scared a lot of them have the same fears and concerns about whether you know they can go another day without eating or having the heating on and a lot of it is impacting their mental health as well so we have um mental health workshops and well-being sessions um every Monday in our Birmingham branch and we've kind of seen an increase in service users who want to use that service now so um we use a fully qualified um and trained counselor a mental health practitioner so a lot of his tips for people which you know we kind of try to um raise awareness and promote these tips to everyone not just people who visit our ba- uh, food bank um is to kind of just reach out for support, not only to, you know, us as a service provider, but also to family and friends, people to talk to. Um, that's, I think, the best thing to not bottle things up and just to speak about it. Like I said, in our food bank, we have so many people in similar situations and they all find comfort in each other and engaging with each other and, you know, talking about their problems, feeling like they're not alone. The social side of Fido Nido is a really massive part of it, isn't it? And that probably makes it quite different to other food banks, maybe. Do you think that there is a lonely aspect to being in this situation that maybe until you approach somewhere like Fido Nido, you do feel really alone? Yeah. Um, We have a lot of our service users who first come to us talk about, you know, this idea of loneliness. A lot of them who are... You know, single, have no family, no friends. Um, Maybe they're, you know, just estranged from them and families. They find kind of comfort and solace in coming to, you know, our food bank. And I think, like you said, before you, you know, reach out to service providers like ourselves, it's so easy to feel like you're alone in this situation. It's so easy to feel like, you know, there's no help, there's no support. Um, You know, I think it's, I read the report the other day, it's one in five um households with children um, are struggling to put food on the table but are also experiencing from mental health issues such as you know loneliness depression anxiety and I think that can well you know the cost of living crisis that we're facing now I think that can definitely weigh in on them um, which is why I 
advocate and encourage people so much to visit, you know, service providers like ourselves. It doesn't even have to be, you know, our feedback. It can be different housing associations, community centres where people just get together, speak with one another, engage um, in similar experiences. Um, that's always a good way to kind of feel like you're not alone. Um, we also do, you know, coffee mornings, um, just so people can, you know, gather around and just feel that kind of energy and that warm atmosphere, that friendly atmosphere. So if anyone is listening and they and they want to help, um, how can they get involved and or maybe make donations? Yeah. So um, like I said, we are open for all, free of charge every weekday. And we really do welcome volunteers. So whether it's, you know, um, a team or a group of volunteers from maybe a workplace. So we have a lot of volunteers that will come in from, like literally yesterday, we had some volunteers from NatWest. Um, we've had people from different organisations, different corporations, but also just anyone who feels like, you know, they need something to do in their spare time, they feel like helping. You can easily volunteer with us in any of our branches. Um, and so you can find us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, where you can find more information. You can also visit our website as well. Um, at feedonido.org.uk where you can find out more information on how to donate, how to volunteer. Like I said, you know, with winter coming up, we um, would gladly appreciate any sort of winter clothes, school uniforms, sleeping bags, um, things that can help people kind of get through the winter, especially rough sleepers. Um, so if you do want to find out more information on that, then again, you can visit our website or any of our social media links. And what would be one piece of advice that you would give to someone who is maybe starting to realise that they're struggling and and thinking, I'm not sure what's going to happen to me over the next few days or week or months? Yeah, I can definitely understand um, people's worries and concerns of kind of not knowing what's going to happen next, not knowing if they're going to have food to put on the table the next day, especially if you've got, you know, a big family and, you know, children to feed. Um, but I would definitely say, you know, there's so many service providers out there, whether it's employment services, housing associations, food banks like ourselves. Um, and we're not restricted to just, you know, kind of giving out free food and toiletries. You know, we are a community service. We're a community organisation. We love to help um, anyone who needs our support within the community. So definitely make that first move to kind of reach out and ask for support. Don't be afraid um, to kind of ask for help. You never know what you're you know, going to find um, at the end of kind of you asking for help. So definitely try to, you know, broaden your horizons and reach out for help and, you know, definitely will receive it at Feed and Edo anyway. Well, it's been wonderful to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us, Rafa. And um, and thank you for just sharing all of your experiences and your, your tips. I think that's really valuable for people. We'll make sure that we include details of how people can find out more about Fido Nido, whether that's to access it for help themselves or to uh, volunteer or make donations. So thank you again for everything you're doing. Right, thank you for having me. You can find out more about Fido Nido and how you can get help, support and friendship there, plus how to volunteer and donate too via the website fidonido.org.uk. And there are lots more tips and money-saving ideas on our Brummy Mummies Facebook page and in additional episodes of the podcast. Brummy Mummies is a laudable production produced by Matt Millard. You can download or stream the podcast on all major platforms, including Spotify and Apple. If you've enjoyed this episode, please give us a follow and subscribe and tell your friends about it too. 
You can follow Brummy Mummies on social media and sign up to our free newsletter on the Birmingham Live website. See you next time.